We live in a world that is forever changing, from one day to the next. Now add to that an inner world that is forever at odds with itself. How does one accomplish anything when the only thing that is certain is uncertainty? Welcome to the Lifting with Bipolar podcast, the show designed to be an educational safe haven offering real-world solutions for real-world people. My name is Jonathan Sharko. Living with Bipolar 1 in today's world is a double-edged sword, but I'm here to work through it with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Well, welcome for today's podcast. Uh, My guest is Jeremy Burns. Uh, Jeremy is a local competitor here in Reno, Nevada in strongman competitions and just a good all-around guy. just want to have him on the podcast and talk shop a little bit. So thank you for your time today, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super stoked to be here. I know uh, you're just getting the kind of the podcast going to get started, but uh, it's super important, you know, kind of talk about mental health and fitness and just kind of everything in between. And um, I think it's just great to be on here. I'm excited to be here and kind of share a little bit of myself and my story that people may not know. Um, And I'm excited. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, no, thank you so much for your support and coming on. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to give you the floor for a couple minutes here at the beginning just to really uh, share your story. I do have some questions lined up that kind of touch okay. on uh, strongman lifting and also the mental health aspect, but uh, feel free to take the floor and maybe uh, share a little bit about yourself that the audience doesn't know yet. Yeah, okay. So uh, those of you who may not know me, um, I'm a Reno native, born and raised, um, lived here uh, all about almost 32 years now. Um, I have bought a condo last year. I, you know, love my own space. And, uh, part of that means having my own gym equipment here, as we all know with, uh, out during COVID things were shut down and we all kind of started to get our own equipment and different things like that. So, um, and part of just lifting and having those things available, I have a, like a 300 pound tire outside and 850 pounds of dumbbells, uh, sitting out on my back deck, you know, just <laughs> ready, you know, ready and willing whenever the weather isn't snowing here in Reno. Uh, if you're not from Reno, it's uh, May 3rd, and we got snow yesterday. <laughs> it's been a seven months winter, uh, but I'm a security uh, supervisor. Um, I do work out at Tesla, um, but I've been doing security for a long time. Uh, I love doing security work. Uh, I've been a bouncer. I've been nightlife security, uh, and I just love doing security because to me, it's customer service based. It's a very big customer service based um, job, and you get to talk to people when you know, they're having a great day and you're teaching something. I'm a CPR instructor, so I teach a lot of people. Um, and I know the, you know, kind of the mental that go the mental health side of that that goes into it. Um, CPR is not an easy thing. Um, I've never done it myself, but a lot, I know a lot of people that have. And it is scary. And being able to kind of teach that and teach the importance of it, even when you're scared, is important. Uh, so I do I enjoy that. And when I'm not working, um, I try to uh, tr- travel a little bit. I'm actually going to Columbia next week. I'm excited for that. I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. I'm going to be doing some sailing between Columbia and Panama. I'm um, just really looking forward to the adventure aspect of that and uh, lifting. Um, just been doing strongman for a while. I'm a big guy and it just kind of naturally fit with who I am and uh, what I was doing. And uh, I love it. Yeah. No, nice. Yeah, I definitely hit the nail on the head. Like we have like a seventh, mo- seventh month long winter. I can't wait for this winter to be over with. At this point, it's like, it's so comical. It's like, you just can't even like, you can, we can just can't tell people how like, you almost, you just want to laugh because it's so utterly annoying that we still have snow in May. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. what are we going to do? There's nothing we can do besides laugh and go on about our day. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it's good that you got to have those weights on hand and you got like uh, an excessive really large tire, two tires at home. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. I'm sure your neighbors get a good laugh when they see you. Uh, they just the definitely, I get a lot of looks when I, when I bring the sledgehammer out and roll the tire out in the parking lot and start flipping it around or hitting it and moving it. People are just like, who is this crazy guy? Yeah. So what exactly is like strongman lifting? I guess if you could explain it to somebody who has no idea what, uh, what strongman lifting would be. Okay. Um, great question. Uh, so strongman is a type of obviously physical fitness and lifting. I mean, we're also used to CrossFit. CrossFit's been a huge thing. Um, in the gym, you know, see a lot of people doing crazy different things. And this is just another form of crazy lifting, uh, that you may not know. Um, power lifting is your general standard lifts. So that's going to be like your squat, your bench press, your deadlift, power cleans, things like that, um, which also get incorporated into CrossFit a little bit. Strongman takes those actions and those ideas and then just amplifies them. Um, so instead of saying like, oh, hey, I deadlifted on the bar or I'm deadlifting, I'm trap bar deadlifting, whatever the case may be. Strongman takes it, 
a couple steps further and says, oh, you're not going to deadlift a weight or a barbell. You might, but it's going to be a lot different weight. The apparatus will look much different. Um, but you're going to probably deadlift a car. A car deadlift is a very common strongman um, exercise and event. I mean, it's also different from powerlifting because powerlifting is very much a one rep max. If you've grown up in the gym or started lifting at any point, you understand what a one rep max is, how many times you can do that exercise at one point for one rep. Um, mm -hmm. Strongman is very much not a one rep max per se. Um, it's a lot of times it's how far you can go in a minute or a minute and a half, depending on the event. Or how far you can pull something, how far you can push something, can you carry something that far? Um, and it's usually a minute long, um, but sometimes it could be a little bit longer. Sometimes it could be a little bit shorter, um, and it all depends on can you, you know, can you finish the course in less than a minute? Um, can you keep going until you're the last one standing? It's just all very different, and uh, we incorporate a lot of our basic lifts that we do, those basic powerlifting motions. And just amplify them into crazy things. Um, the world's strongest man just happened um, here a couple of weeks ago. Brian Shaw, who many of you know, is just, just kind of pretty, pretty much officially retired. Uh, he's got one more competition left, but he's like the face of strongman for the most part. He didn't win. Uh, Bryce Hooper out of Canada won. Uh, very exciting for him, first Canadian to win. Um, but it's a big deal for these guys to compete. These guys are behemoth men. <laughs> they yeah. take the word of strongman and just really amplify it. Um, so for instance, Brian Shaw is about 6'10", well into the 400 pound range and mm -hmm. has just massive strength. Um, and they do things like super yoke, like carrying something on their back for distance that's eight, 900, 1,000 pounds. Um, they've pulled C-130s, they've pulled trains, they've uh, lifted, you know, a, uh, those knack boxes. That, that was the most recent one as a knack box or like a Joe box that you would see like at a baseball field or a construction team would wear, you know, maybe in the back of a truck. And they deadlifted a pair of those. Um, <laughs> so Strongman is, oh, cool. You have that? Let's lift it. <laughs> How many times can we lift it? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I had no idea it was like... um done for times that yeah like i'm so used to like the bodybuilding or the powerlifting kind of uh mindset of like reps and sets and it's kind of unique that you guys do it for time and for also for distance how long you care how far you can move things so that's that's pretty interesting i did not know that about yeah that. it's it's definitely having competed in both powerlifting and strongman i definitely mm -hmm. prefer strongman uh, powerlifting you know it's the same three weights it's like okay what's your three top three lifts for bench squat and dead and you do nine lift nine reps in the whole day in competition uh, versus yeah. like strongman, you probably have, you know, somewhere from four to five, six events in a day. And it may, you know, may do more than one day. Um, mm -hmm. And there, how far can you pull this truck in time? You know, you have a minute to complete it and it weighs 20,000 pounds. Can you pull it across? Can you pull 80 feet? Can you carry something on your back, drop it and then pick up something with your hands and carry that? That's a very common one. Um, and then if you know strongman, just with the Atlas stone idea of carrying like a giant stone and like putting it up on a pedestal, mm -hmm. that's a very common strongman one. And that's usually like a laddered effect. So they start with something that's maybe 200, 250 pounds, and then they ladder that up until it's 400, 450, 500 pound stone, and it goes on a pedestal. Um, and they do that for time and you're competing against somebody head on head on head so that you can see them while you're going um, versus like you're doing a one rep max and then leaving the area. So very different yeah. um, style of competition. Um, and the weights are a lot more exaggerated and, and fun. Yeah. How did you get bit by the bug? What kind of inspired you to <laughs> go ahead and. That, that's this? a great question. Yeah. So how, how does somebody go about from, uh, you know, high school lifting and getting used to lifting in high school to, I want to pull trucks for, you know, trucks for fun. Um, not many people do that. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's fun. Um, let's say that, you know, after high school, I want, originally wanted to be an orthodontist for a long time um, and just kind of wanted to go to the dental school route. Took organic chemistry in college. Worst thing ever. If you've ever taken organic chemistry, you understand how terrible that is. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of fell in love with psychology. Um, and wanting to kind of go into the law enforcement, things like that. I had, wasn't even in security yet. Um, I was doing food and beverage. I um, just fell in love with um, psychology and sociology and mental health and things like that. Um, so that avenue kind of takes you toward law enforcement, uh, especially with you, when you mix it with criminal justice. And uh, kind of started looking at law enforcement agencies around our region here in Reno, Sparks, uh, northern Nevada, Salt Lake, Washoe County, Sparks, 
Reno police departments. Um, and then going one step further and looking at the FBI. Um, and I had wanted to do some FBI work and like looking at kind of like what the physical fitness requirements are. Um, it's a lot of running <laughs> and uh, yes, it's not that bad for like say regional law enforcement. It's like 17, 18 minutes for a mile and a half. The FBI is like 10 minutes for a mile and a half. Mm -hmm. um, so very different going to that extra level. And as much as I trained and did everything, um, I realized I wasn't cut out to be a runner. <laughs> I've been a big guy my entire life. And uh, running is, you know, I, I do it decently and I can if I train, uh, but it's not my forte. My forte is um, I'll let you catch them. I'll, you can run after them, um, but I'll pull the truck when it's stuck in the mud. Um, <laughs> kind of idea. I just kind of naturally fell into, you know, being able to lift heavy things and deadlift heavy and, you know, pushing, you know, sleds in the gym. And it was just, I remember the first time I pushed a thousand pounds on a sled and people are like looking at you because you're like, how, how, what is he doing? Like, why, why is he doing that for one? It's just very weird. Yeah. Um, and I remember the first time I did, I had two trainers on there because I had to calculate, Hey, how much did you eat today? <laughs> you know, what is your approximate weight right now? Uh, just get on the sled. And, uh, that was several years ago. And then once you kind of hit that high of, you know, wanting to like, Oh my gosh, I just did this. Now you're like, I want to get better and I want to get stronger and I want to just be better than I was last year. I was better than I was yesterday. That's yeah. kind of how it just progresses. Yeah, no, that makes logical sense there. I mean, I'm not much of a runner myself either, so I think I'd probably be more inclined to doing the strongman. Myself. Absolutely, man. Let's get you. Let's get you into the gym. Let's let's go flip some tires and pull some cars. Uh, yeah, and that that combined with just like your natural ability, once you kind of got in there and and did some lifts and did some sleds and some of those things that you mentioned, it does kind of make sense how you kind of gravitated and really fell into this. Absolutely. And you know, the cool thing about strongman is like you know, with powerlifting, you know, you have to be kind of good at squat, bench, deads. You have to be decently good or great at all of the above. Um, and sometimes people train, really out-train themselves or out-train what their body's capable of and then it leads to injuries. Um, mm -hmm. Strongman, because there's so many different events, yes, injuries still absolutely occur. Um, that's not, I'm not saying we don't get injured um, by any means, but you're not, you don't have to be spectacular at everything. Um, I know my training partner, Kyle, and I want him and I live together. Uh, he's very good at things like stones, um, things like, whereas I'm not that big of a stone guy, um, but I can pull your truck or I do sled work um, a lot. And I love heavy sled. I love truck pull things. And I'm more advanced. I've got a better advantage of that. And I train harder at that than he does. Mm -hmm. um, so when we train together, we can push each other in what, you know, what we're good at, and what we're not so good at. Um, and it really works out. I really enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, how how important is like having proper proper form when you're lifting and moving kind of this amount of weight when it comes to you know injury prevention? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Just you know, just from a regular lifting standpoint, if you go in and you train squats, you you train squat whether you have whether you're doing a squat with no weight, no bar at all, you train it the same just as if you're doing a world record squat. Um, it doesn't really matter. You want to get those fundamentals done early and understanding how they work in relation to your body and what's important, you know, doing it the same time, every rep, every day, even when you're tired or it's the last rep, it's the last set doing that form because that's when you get tired, that form breaks down, which leads to the increase of injuries. Um, but knowing the fundamentals of lift, where your foot placement is, where your hip placement is, where your back placement, you know, everything working together um, helps decrease those injuries. And watching yourself, you know, training with a partner, somebody who can guide you because you're not, I not always understand. You might think you're doing it right. But when you, somebody tells you, oh, hey, adjust your arm placement or make sure your arms are lifting together for like, say, a uh, keg, a keg instance where you're lifting like a 200 pound keg, you're rolling it over your chest and then you're pressing it up. Sometimes your arms don't go together. You might lift like this, trying to show you on the camera here, yeah. um, instead of like this. And so it can put your body out of placement and combat things out of whack. And over time, if you're not doing that right or not focusing on proper form, that it definitely leads for the risk of injury. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I'm, I imagine that's so important. I mean, especially with, you know, one, one inch or one, you know, millimeter, centimeter off and it can really be um, devastating injury, especially. Absolutely. You and, you know, you're lifting a lot of weight. Um, a lot of things are moving in the moving yeah. whole machine. Um, and you don't want to hurt yourself. You know, there's, you know, there's 
things that you might, you know, have a higher chance of hurting yourself in. And sometimes you have to think about injuries when you're training. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you don't want to just lift heavy all the time. I mean, it's great. Everyone loves to just come in and get a PR, but you can't get a PR every day. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to kind of set that aside and, you know, take, you know, it's better to get to, in my opinion, it's better to get to the gym and lift light and just do some reps and get your body through the motion in those proper fundamentals than come in and be like, I'm just going to go outlift everybody today. Yeah, exactly. I think that's long-term a better, better approach. Uh, like what is, what is your training regimen currently like? Uh, so right now, um, my actual focus is more weight loss gain, um, toward anything. I'm actually like the heaviest I've ever been, which has been a struggle for me. Um, that, you know, mentally, physically, everything else. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> um, I'm actually, I'm still naturally very strong. Um, I still have a lot of strength. Um, some I'm trying to gain back from obviously kind of not being focused on the health part of stuff for a while. I'm not being as strict as I was used to be in the gym. Um, so right now I'm more focused on trying to lose weight, uh, but also thinking about competing again this year. Having competed for a couple of years, um, obviously that was partly COVID and just kind of work and not having a strict training regimens. Um, but when you train like, uh, for strongman, for instance, like we, there's one coming up, Nevada's strongest is coming up, um, here in July. Um, then there's legions that's coming out in, um, uh, like September, October. Um, there's lots of very different, you know, strongman things that are coming out. And once you kind of sign up for those events, you put in your effort, do it. It's not like, oh, I have three reps. I'm doing squat, bench and deads. I just do the same thing. Um, you look at the events, they give you them several months in advance. Um, then you train for that. Uh, so for instance, I got my other computer here. I can kind of tell you what um, Nevada's strongest is going to be. So they've already put it out. Um, this is in July. And for my weight class, it's all by weight class. So it's, it's the good thing about strongman too. Power of the thing is it's like somebody, like I'm not going to compete against you, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> we might train together and have a good time and, you know, go through the motions and, uh, you know, have a great time at the gym. Um, but yeah. we're not going to have the same weights and we're not going to compete against each other. <laughs> it's all based on weight um, and sometimes age and things like that. Uh, so for my category would be uh, super heavy weights, which is anybody above 231.4 pounds. Um, and the events that they have this year is going to be max axle press, which is like a thicker bar. So instead of just like a standard barbell, it's going to be like where that where you put the plates on that thicker two inch grip. It's about it's that thick and it's 250 pounds. Um, for max press, um, a running man medley, which is going to be, I think it's, let's see here. So there's like a dance there's a frame in a sandbag. Huh? There's like the dance portion of the contest. The running. It'd <laughs> be cool. We should dance. Uh, that'd be fun. Um, but this is a 600 pound frame and wow. a 300 pound sandbag, um, mm -hmm. back and forth. Uh, then you flip a tire head to head. So this is kind of that head to head competition strongman's known for. It's an 800 pound tire, um, yoke to power stair. So this is a, uh, carrying a yoke for 675 pounds across your back. Um, and then getting to a power stairs where you have to lift an implement weighing 325 pounds up a set of big stairs. Um, and then stone over bar, you're looking at 330 pounds on the stone. So. These mm -hmm. all determine this is an open category. Um, there's novice, there's, you know, weights and sizes. Um, so for instance, somebody who is, um, like say a woman, right? Women competing in these sports, um, mm -hmm. say a, a lightweight women. So about 140 pounds, your max axle press is 115 pounds. Um, your tire flip is going to be 450 pounds. So it's all about okay. your, your, your gender and then your you know, male or female. And then are you, novice are you open are you you know are you in the older category are you professional you're not professional all those kind of things it breaks down what your yeah. times and weights and everything will be mm -hmm. do you see the sport growing a lot or are there like a lot of more a lot more novices that are competing um i think so absolutely i think it having a novice category is fantastic um, I know when we trained with Travis at American Iron, um, no one got to go to the novice category. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we were all instructed to go to open. Uh, Travis is a former World's Strongest Man competitor. Uh, he's a fantastic coach and just kind of gets you to that next level where you don't have to take those lighter weights. You don't have to, you know, you train it every week, train it constantly throughout the week that you are familiar with those implements. You're familiar with everything uh, leading mm -hmm. up into the competition. That way you do feel comfortable going into open category. And I've competed in open category several times. 
Um, and still done well. I think I've placed third at least twice. Um, and I placed fourth my first time ever doing it. Um, but it is growing. Uh, Reno's getting bigger. We used to have one every year. Um, that was kind of in like September, October. That was Battle at the Marina. And they just did a one a couple months ago. Uh, Battle at the Marina, they're going to do Nevada Strongest this year in July. Um, and then Legions again in like September, October. So it's definitely growing not only in our area, but across the world, I feel like. It's just such a fun activity. You get these people that just really want to come out and lift heavy and do something different. Yeah. You know, sometimes like different competitions will have various different lifts. Um, you might pull a truck one on one of them. You might pull a bus. You might pull a car. You might do pull, you know, if it's you're in a heavy professional, you might be pulling a train or a plane. <laughs> the actions are the same. Uh, you know, the goal is to pull something really heavy for a distance. Um, but it's so much fun to see that. And in my eyes, it's fun. It's more fun to say, hey, instead of, oh, I deadlifted a... I deadlifted 400 pounds on the bar. That's great. But when you say, oh, I deadlifted a Honda Civic, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. more fun. Um, and I definitely see it growing. I see a lot of interest in it. Um, people look at you at the gym and they want to know what you're doing and what you're training for. Um, and it's just, it is exciting. I think people, there is more interest in it overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, where do you like to train at in town? Uh, not to blow up your spot or anything like that, but where do you like to train <laughs> As opposed to your personal condo, that what you've kind of been doing, are there any? Kind of gyms um, so I have, so my long term membership, uh, even though I'm not super frequent in there, but uh, where I've done most of my lifting over my entire career, um, and multiple trainers, is at South Reno Athletic Club. Um, my picture is actually on the wall over there. I'm pulling a truck. Um, they have it's a big, wonderful facility, um, and it's just you know it's commercialized but not commercialized and just a fantastic gym i mean i love the trainers in there i love the staff in there and i just love training in there i just have to change the standard implements to what i need to train so for an example at that gym if i'm training yoke i would set the bar up so the catch is here so i'm only lifting like the squat rack you know six inches maybe and i would put 300 400 pounds and then grow up to you know six or 700 pounds on the squat bar and you walk in place uh, for 15, 20, 25 seconds. And that is, to me, represents the yoke. And that's a good way for me to train. And it did help me practice that. Um, primarily right now, um, I did have trained at American Iron many, many times. I still have a membership there. Um, mm -hmm. But Stimulus Health and Fitness um, is my um, main gym right now. Kyle uh, is my strongman buddy. Um, him and I train, try to train a couple times a week. Sometimes it's only once. Um, but I'll be in there later today. Um, and stimulus is a fantastic gym. You know, you got your crossfitters, you got your power lifters, your beginning lifters, and then, uh, the crazy guys in the back, the strong men <laughs> flipping big old tires. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. What, uh, what is some advice you maybe give to somebody who's just stepping into stimulus or, or one of those kind of gyms like American irons, really training for strongman for the first time, like what was some advice you'd give? Some, yeah. Uh, I mean, some both of those gyms are great. I mean, American iron has some fantastic people in the business. Um, Travis is there, uh, again, world renowned, you know, he's used to, he was the first person to shoulder 500 pounds on his, on a, uh, an Atlas stone. I mean, he holds world records in strongman. Um, he's a guru when it comes to training. Uh, and there's lots of people over there, uh, Carly, Aaron, Connie, a lot of them, uh, Aaron's doing a big push right now. He's coaching a lot. Carly's a national qualifier uh, for strongman. There's lots of people and you'll see them also at um, Stimulus. Um, so just seeing people are like, if it's not something you're used to seeing, if you see somebody pulling a lot of weight, uh, they might be doing some strongman training. Um, but my biggest thing is like, if you're starting out, it starts with that fundamentals. You got to go back to the fundamentals. A lot of us have been lifting a very long time. And you got to know how your body works and how your body's going to work with that weight. Um, you don't want to get in bad form. You may just be practicing form for a really long time, you know, for a long time, kind of like a, you know, wax on, wax off, Mr. Miyagi kind of style training. Sometimes you just have to really focus on that form for a while um, and then find out what's comfortable and doing every rep right, kind of like we discussed earlier, where even if it's no weight, it's a warm up all the way to your max world, you know, world record lift. You got to do that form right every time. Um, and just ask questions, you know, we all are willing to share, um, you know, there's obviously that respect and boundary line when people are working out. Sometimes you got to find that time when you can cut in and ask a question, but I don't know anyone that trains at any of these gyms 
um, that isn't willing to help out the next person, that isn't willing to give you advice or answer a question or show you how to do a technique. Um, that's mm -hmm. the great part about this is you see somebody that I haven't seen for a long time. You might see them every six months or so. And, hey, man, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? How, are you competing this year? And you kind of just go into those talks and it's great and we can catch up and you, you know, there's new lifters coming in all the time and people are just excited. And I think it's fun to just ask questions and, you know, never hesitate to just ask one of us, you know, we'll answer your questions. We'll give you some advice and point you in the right direction if we don't know what it is. Very cool. Yeah. It simply seems like uh, there's kind of that sense of community that you guys have built there. Oh, absolutely. And, and, it's, and it's continuing to grow. Um, stimulus, stimulus is super supportive of everything that, you know, we're kind of growing there. Um, there's a lot of athletes that transfer between American Iron and Stimulus. Um, American Iron can be intimidating if you've never lifted um, in a big power focused gym before powerlifting, strongman focused gym. American Iron can be intimidating. Um, and so I'd maybe not, maybe don't go there first, but that's your goal is to work toward things like that, where you're going to be competing and getting to that next level. And you want to talk to Titans of the industry, American iron is great. Um, stimulus, you know, you it's easier to start off there. Um, I feel like cause it's not as crazy, um, sometimes, um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a great, you know, some, but it doesn't hurt to start at South Rack. I love South Rack. I've been a member for 15 years, maybe now, maybe more. Um, yeah, I'm not super in there all the time, but um, I know people know me when I go in there and I love to chat with people, love to show off things or train different things, different events and just talk and, you know, show my experience. Yeah, no, it definitely is uh, beneficial to be a member of multiple gyms and to kind of be able to bounce around and kind of uh, get the best of everything. Oh, ab absolutely. It makes it nice. And sometimes you just want to kind of get a, get a, away from the hustle and bustle of your main gym and go over and do something different. Or you have a friend that's starting to work out, starting to get into fitness and you know, they're, they're going to this gym that's easily inaccessible for them. And so you go there and you just train with them. So it, sometimes you just got to be open and flexible no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Have you noticed like a, an impact to like your overall health and wellness and fitness when you, when you transition from, you know, a traditional kind of bodybuilding regimen to the strongman regimen? Um, I mean, I know that I'm a lot stronger. Um, obviously, you know, my weight has been an issue my entire life. Um, that's just me balancing. Um, there's common things for weight loss um, is obviously, you know, you got to burn more calories than you take in. Um, and sometimes my eyes are much bigger than my plate. And I just want to, you know, I sometimes just don't focus on the prep and the meals and eating right as much as I should when I'm working out. Um, but overall, it's just like, you know, strongman, all these things can really help you lose weight. They can help you get healthy. And at the end of the day, it's doing something, doing something that you enjoy. Because if you hate it, if you hate going to the gym, if you hate it, then don't do it. It's not it's not worth it, you know, because you're going to just put a lot more effort to not liking it than you will enjoying it. And you just got to find something fun. Um, or when I was kind of struggling years ago, my mom's like, tomorrow morning, you have a trainer session uh, for the first time. And I almost died after a half hour. <laughs> it was rough. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody kicked, gave me a, a good kick in the butt and got me started. And I just kind of really fell in love with it. Even though you fall off the wagon, that's that's human nature, right? We're going to fall off. We're going to make mistakes. And, you know, life sometimes gets in the way. But you come back and you focus. You remember what, you know, what drew you in the first time. And you do it because it makes you feel good at the end of the day. And you're like, yes, I'm stronger. I'm better. And I'm healthier. And you know all the benefits that go with that. And again, like you mentioned, that sense of community that we've been talking about, it's always nice to see people in there striving to be better than they were the day before. And you're not competing against them. I'm not competing against anybody in the gym. You know, I see people that lift more than me. I see people that lift less than me, people that have been there for decades and, and people that are just starting out. But I'm not competing against anybody when I go to the gym. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's in a competition you are. But at the end of the day, I'm not. It's against me. And did I make myself better today than I was yesterday? And that's just kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. No, I think that's the, I brought probably the best way to look at it is just a competition just with you, yourself in the mirror and kind of day in, day out. Yes, there's going to be those days when the lights are on and it's a real competition versus other people. But um, day to day, I think that's really where you can fall in love with the journey is just competing against yourself and giving your best every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
So what kind of role does nutrition play in your strongman competitions? Like I've seen some documentaries and some, some highlight reels of these guys, like putting down like a whole, <laughs> like a whole dozen eggs in the morning and things like that. It's probably on the highest of highest levels, but. Um, uh, that, and, and the it, diet and prep for eating, like when you're training strongman uh, yeah. is probably like, cause I made the, I didn't stop eating how I was eating when I was training when I wasn't training. And that's what, mm -hmm. you know, you're putting with same thing for every sport, whether you're swimming, you know, horse, but whatever, you, whatever sport you're doing, you're going to eat and your nutrition is key to that. Um, you know, protein is huge. You need to have a lot of protein. Um, it's like, you know, that whole like idea of like one gram of protein per pound of body weight for me right now, that's over 300 grams of protein in a day. That's a lot. That's a lot of protein. Um, yeah. And trying to just eat, you know, you see these power lifters and these strong men and sometimes they're not eating for taste, which to me, I don't, I can't really do that. I, it has to taste good. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. Not so much of like counting calories on it. Um, it has to taste good, but it has to fuel me too. Um, and, but nutrition is super important as much as I, you know, seem to not do great at that sometimes. I mean, that is my biggest struggle is just eating properly and healthy, even when I'm not training. Oh, or I'm just trying to lose weight and all those kind of things. And, you know, when to eat during, t you know, at night, you know, as a graveyard um, person. And as you know, it, it can be yeah. a struggle because um, you're like, do I eat when I get home? Do I not eat? You know, those different things. Uh, but nutrition is huge and you have to fuel your body for success. Um, if you're going to eat junk food and candy and stuff like that and just be lazy, then that's all that's you're going to get out of it. Um, and it doesn't do you any good. You can't be better than yourself if you're fueling yourself with junk food. You have to find those, you know, lean meats and, you know, high protein meals and then vegetables and those kind of things and eating healthy and knowing, again, how much calories you're putting in versus how much you're expelling out. If you're lifting heavy, a lot of these strongman people are lifting really heavy a lot, you know, for hours every day. That expels mm -hmm. a lot of energy and a lot of calories. And they're not trying to necessarily cut weight. You're trying to get stronger to build muscle mass and things like that. You need to have a lot more calories coming in and knowing what you're eating and the breakdown appropriately. But nutrition is very important. Yeah, no, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, with your, if you're lifting that much weight for that many hours a day, you're burning a lot of calories. So it's uh, definitely <laughs> two different, definitely two different styles of eating when you're training and then when you're not training. So. Absolutely. And, and my biggest thing is I need to remember that when I'm not training, I need to stop eating like I'm training. <laughs> <laughs> but it tastes so good <laughs> it does it does taste good and meal prepping you know um that's huge you got to just know what you're it's, and it's the best way to monitor what goes into your body um yeah it's time consuming and it can be hard and you gotta um you know go grocery shopping or whatever but there's meal kits available that you don't have to mm -hmm. you can leave all the guesswork out of it and you can just order it online and um, i haven't tried any of them um, but it's something I'm definitely not afraid to look into. And it's something I might absolutely look into when I come back, um, for my trip, just to make it easy. Um, cause we all know when you're hungry and nothing's prepped and you can't just go grab that container out of the fridge and pop it in the microwave, um, that you start looking for snacks. And for me, yeah. snacking is, is not good. <laughs> I will find anything and everything that's not that great for me. And I'll snack on those versus that the rice and the chicken or the, ground beef and spinach or whatever that I've prepped, I'm not eating that if it's not available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's kind of a, my wife actually just brought those home the other day. She was like, let's try this, uh, the service, this meal prep service, like maybe three or four nights out of the week just to have Perfect. something on hand. So nice. There you go. And I, you know, I've done some of the ones we got to cook. Um, I think I'm absolutely into trying ones where I don't have to cook. It comes in like yeah. a fridge pack. I put it, I pull it out of the fridge. I got to kind of pick my meals in advance and you can make them different every day. Because uh, to me, that's sometimes that's the boring part of meal prepping too. You do something different every week, uh, but sometimes when I prep all my meals, I make eight or nine meals. Well, that's like a week, week and a half. Um, it's kind of depending how you use it. If I'm just doing it for you know dinner at work, you know dinner before work and things like that, um, it can get boring quick. <laughs> so finding ways to mix it up and change it up, and you know if you get to eat something different every day, it's nice. Um, and when you know what's exactly what's going in and it's catered to your health and your goals, then that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of transitioning into the second half of our interview, this is kind of more like the mental health aspect of it. Um, Absolutely. Kind of got these kind of questions tailor made for this, uh, this category. So, uh, we'll open it up with, uh, like what does being a strong man mean to you? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think being a strong man is, you know, especially with that mental health aspect of it, it's not just being the guy that lifts the heaviest in the way, in the gym. Um, it's not being the, you know, just like, you know, it's not being a bully by any means. It's not being the biggest guy in the gym because there's always going to be somebody bigger and stronger, always, you know. Um, I mean, it, it, it's really about, you know, I guess being human and showing that. Um, and, you know, to me, I like to talk to people. Um, I like to talk to everybody. <laughs> so people know me and I will talk too much um, for sure. Um, but it's, you know, caring about people. As a strong man, you kind of take that, yes, this, you know, you're lifting these heavy weights and you're doing these things and you're training differently. Um, but you're a protector. To me, protecting those that are around you or that you care about is important. And that's the way that I look about it as a strong man is um, somebody's got to protect those that are around you. And that could be something as simple as having a conversation with somebody who's going through a difficult time. And, you know, that they had a rough day, you know, with a significant other or family member or they're just down that day, you know, having a rough day. Um, and you need to just be there, be that friend, um, you know, strong man, because we stand out, we're different than everybody else. So people look to us for an example. And I think we have to be that example. Um, and it's important to me to set a right example inside and outside of the gym. And as much as I, you know, I'm human and I make mistakes and I get angry um, about certain things. And um, I know that at the end of the day, I'm a good person and I care about people. And that's important to showing that compassion for people. Yeah, no, I like how it kind of maybe can start in the gym, like your de definitions of strength, things like that, but it really kind of carries over um, outside the walls of the gym and kind of how you are as a role model and um, some of those softer skills that you kind of gravitate towards people and people gravitate towards you. So that's, uh, that's awesome to hear. It's kind of how it translates from just lifting an atlas stone to lifting others up. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to be somebody that lifts others up. And, you know, it's kind of like the idea of, you know, going on the shoulders of giants, you know, those, you know, if you look at strong men, usually, particularly they're always really big people, but if you are building others up on your shoulders to be successful and pass that compassion on and that strength on to empower people through life, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in your day-to-day -day life, like how do you like to manage your stress and anxiety levels and some of those things that you just manage from every day to day? So, um, I definitely, you know, sometimes you just, sometimes there's days you wake up and you're just like, today is the day that I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, getting out of bed and making food, um, and just chilling at the house is the, you know, is that something that's sometimes how you manage it. Um, I found a really good support system of talking to people, obviously going back to the idea that I like to talk, uh, but having the people that I'm confident in, um, for me, that's my mom. Um, huge. Um, I talked to my parents, both of my parents, but, um, my mom's huge. I talk to her multiple times a week. Um, you know, and they're really close. I can always, you know, what's the whole idea of like, I, you can always call your mom. You can always call your parents and she's the one that can bounce ideas off of, or like I'm stressed at work about things. Or, you know, if we're dealing with something difficult or crazy, um, she's always there to listen and, you know, provide that advice. Um, but also tell me if I'm not doing something right. Because sometimes you're just like kind of amped up and you're like, oh, I'm going to say this and do this. And uh, it's not it's not good idea. It's not a cohesive uh, idea that you need to be presenting. And um, I enjoy that my mom, even when I feel like I don't want to hear it sometimes, <laughs> uh, she tells me. Uh, advice that I don't always want to hear, but it's the best advice. Um, and it's, and it's grounded in faith and, uh, belief in God and everything else. And, you know, being a good human and, uh, that's what it is. And that helps a lot. Um, you know, just having my faith is keeps me grounded a lot. And I know that like ultimately, you know, where my thoughts are in that, but we struggle. And when you struggle, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and that, yeah. That was a hard lesson for me to learn, um, I think, and I know it's really important as we talk about this mental health, that it is okay to not be okay, um, but it's not okay to be not okay and not reaching out. If you're struggling and suffering in your silence, that's not okay. Like you, that doesn't make it happy for anybody because um, you're not getting the help you need and no one knows that you're suffering and we don't want people to suffer. 
Yeah. I guess it kind of transitions into like talking about like mental health challenges, whether it be personal or things maybe you've observed uh, in your line of work. Uh, maybe you could just give me like one or two examples, um, if any, off the top of the top of the head of uh, any experiences or observed like mental health challenges. And if so, like, how do you kind of handle, how, how do you kind of handle going about those? Oh, uh, good, good question. Um, so, you know, I think there's kind of two parts in that, you know, like you said, like, what do I, how have I experienced mental health challenges like at work? my personal life, um, than myself, um, you know, starting from myself, it's, you know, I, I get those days where the most, the best thing I did that day was I woke up and I got out of bed and that's it, you know, and you're, and you struggle, um, and knowing that it's not going to last. Okay. Hey, today to the, yep. You know, I've gone through that, you know, even recently, um, uh, where you just, you know, you have plans for the day and you want to do things and you just, all you got to, all you did that day was get out of bed. And maybe you talk, you talk to some people, you texted somebody, and then you just kind of went back to sleep and you just slept a lot. Um, and But knowing at the end of the day, you're okay. And sometimes you just need that reset that, you know, get away from the phone, get away from electronics and social media and turn things off and just disassociate for the 24 hours or whatever um, and reset. And then, okay, tomorrow I'm going to try better. I'm going to try again tomorrow. You know, I'm not going to cancel on the gym. I'm not going to cancel on dinner with my friends or my family. Uh, I'm going to go do this and make an example to do it. And then you feel better about yourself um, and just kind of talking yourself through that and finding somebody that you trust that is a judgment-free zone. We talk about, you know, confident, safe, safe places. You have to have that person. You have to have that somebody that even when you're wrong and you make a mistake, they're still going to love you. Um, and it's not the idea of like, oh, parents loving your friend, you know, your significant other, but somebody that loves you for you and cares about your well-being. Um, and that's really important. And uh, coming from like a work aspect where you deal with lots of stuff, um, I remember, you know, we dealt with a big fate, dual fatality accident recently at work and mental health was huge. That was a huge topic of conversation that came up um, and it was really concerning to me. Um, that it, for me, I feel like it wasn't as handled as it could have been as well as it could have been. Um, and there was a lot of people left out or left questioning and that ultimately needed people to just talk to and half, half the battle is listening. And, you know, sometimes somebody just wants to sit down in a place where they're not bombarded by people yelling or their phone or beeping of machines or social media or whatever. And they just want to sit in a quiet space and then listen, have somebody listen to them. Um, and they just want to let stuff out, the good, the bad, the ugly. They want to cry and be okay with crying with somebody. And whether it's somebody you know or not, and I remember having some conversations with people that I had never – I didn't know. I mean, we work on the same shift, and I see them in a building that has thousands of people in it at any time. And I don't know who they are. And I mean, but now I know who they are, and I know their name. And I see them, and I wave, and I, hey, how are you doing today? Um, and that goes a long way. Just somebody that cares is huge. Now, somebody yeah. that just at the end of the day, hey, I don't know you, but I love you for who you are, and I care. Yeah, I think that mean means a lot, especially when these people are just kind of uh, just passer buyers in your day to day life. So it's important to reach out and really kind of connect with these people who are these passer buyers. So absolutely, and you know, it's you know, you're not going to get along with everybody. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't like you for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. uh, right, that's just human. How it is human, but you know, showing compassion even for people that don't agree with you, you don't agree with it, with their like, you know, life choices or things that they did or did wrong. Like we deal with people that make mistakes um, and, you know, insecurity. <laughs> if I have a conversation with you, um, <laughs> you know, it's probably because something may not have happened right. Uh, especially, yeah. you know, when I used to work in clubs and stuff like that, um, you know, you're dealing with people that, you know, are under the influence of stuff. You know, they're making judgment calls that aren't rational. Uh, they're making mistakes or sometimes they're just, you know, they're there because, they've had stuff's going on, you know, they, in life, life is pulling them down. They're struggling and you got to kind of weed through that and look at the person inside and understand that, yes, they might not be making choices that you agree with or living a life that you agree with, but at the end of the day, they're important and they still matter. And, yeah. um, at the end of the day, if you can show them that they matter to you, you're not, you're not you don't have to be best friends. You know, no one's saying, oh, be best friends and go hang out and have lunch every week. No, but mm -hmm. talk to them, hear their story, talk with them, hear what they're saying, and then, you know, make them feel that they're appreciated. And that goes a long way. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think people when people just give them the opportunity to lend a, lend an ear for them to feel like they can be heard and listen. I think that really changes the the way that they feel. Absolutely. Okay, Jeremy. Uh, there are there are have been a lot more men kind of coming out and talking about mental health nowadays, which is kind of a, a breath of fresh air. So um, this question is more tailored. These next couple of questions are actually more tailored toward like the men in the audience who are listening right now. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to a like to men who are struggling with their mental health? Man, you know, I think that don't keep it secret. Um, I know that when I struggle, you know, may, you know, I remember getting, you know, losing out on a job um, that I had that I was like so decided. Uh, I was, you know, we're going to leave my food and beverage job. I was going to go work in juvenile detention. And it was like the job. I was going to move and all these things. And it changed right the last second. And I just remember like leaving and being so upset and I didn't want to talk to anybody. I pushed everybody away. Um, and I remember like wanting to sleep and shut my way, shut myself out and like take melatonin. So I didn't have to wake up in time and, you know, like, okay, don't talk to me, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and people worried. And when they worried, I pushed them away. Um, and I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to like, Hey, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing fine. You know, everyone gives that same answer. I'm doing fine. Oh yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Life's good. Cool. Perfect. And we've all given those answers when, in reality, it's not, it's not okay. You know, not every stranger needs to know your life story. You know, not everyone that's like, Hey man, how are you doing today? Needs to know that your day is not good. You know, sometimes you just have to fake it to make it. Um, but you need to have that confidential circle. You need to have that person, you know, you need to have that person you can call, whether it be somebody that you maybe never see. You know, maybe it's somebody on a webcam, something like this, that you maybe will never meet. You know, yes, I've met you in person, but, <laughs> you know, maybe somebody that you don't meet in person or, you know, reach out to someone on social media and like, hey, I heard your story. Um, and I, I, too, am struggling with things like that. Um, and it's tough. You know, guys, we're all taught, you know, from a strong man and just mental health. Yeah, yeah, be strong. Be, be that protector. Be everything for everybody. And if you have feelings, you don't have feelings. <laughs> you know, just like mm -hmm. throw away the feelings. Um, but it's not, it's not a good way. You have to be able to channel those things. You know, we, you see life and death and, you know, sadness and happiness. And you, you, as your emotions are changing and developing, you have to find safe ways to interact with those emotions and then channel those emotions to positive outcomes. Uh, you know, if I want to shut everybody out and not talk to anybody, that's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for the people that care about me. And it doesn't, it doesn't do me any good. Um, but finding that safe outlet and, you know, realizing that it's okay to cry. Um, I know guys for a long time, I've been like, guys don't cry. Guys are tough. I cried at Toy Story people. Okay. <laughs> End of Toy Story. <laughs> when Andy drives away, <laughs> I, I cried. I cry at movies. Um, yeah, I'm not watching The Notebook and crying. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen The Notebook. Um, but it's okay to cry. It's okay to be, again, it's the idea of realizing how important it is to say, I'm not okay. And taking that step to understand you're not okay and talk to somebody about it. Talk to somebody that you feel confident has your best interest at heart. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely some great advice for the men out there who are listening right now. It's just, uh, it's, it's okay to talk about these things. It should be, um, these things should not be kind of kept one word answers and kind of putting your mask on and saying, yeah, everything's fine when really things aren't going well. And I think just having a, not, not just any circle, but, uh, that confidential circle of people you can trust and really open up to and be vulnerable with is absolutely. Really you have to, you know, give those, give those one word answers or like, Hey, hey, how's your day? Every day is a great day. You know, I say that a lot. Every day is a great day. Well, not every day is a great day. It's not. Yeah. That's ultimately, we know that, you know, there's terrible things that happen every day. You know, you get in a car accident, you got, you know, a surgery or you lose a loved one or, you know, relationship ends that unexpectedly, that's not a great day. But at the end of the day, it's to me, it's how you evaluate what your definition is of a great day sometimes. And yes, I say that just as passing. Okay, cool. Perfect. Sounds like just like saying I had a good day. Cool. Have a good one. It's you have to look at kind of your perspective of life too. Yeah. There's going to be days that are, that suck. They just utterly suck and they're struggles and it's a struggle, but on the day that's a struggle that I'm, am I alive? Am I okay? Am I healthy? Do I have a roof over my head? All those things. Do I have somebody ultimately that I could call in a moment's notice that would answer the phone? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I can answer yes to all those questions and I'm safe, ultimately, even if I'm struggling and I'm, but I'm safe, that's huge. 
that to me is still a great day. Yes, yeah. days will suck, but overall, life is still good, and you have a lot to go for. Yeah, we, we kind of touched on like then this next upcoming question, but it seems like it's just talking about relationships, like what kind of what role do relationships play in like mental health and the mental health space? And it feels like kind of everything that you've touched on, um, even things dating back to just the gym and just kind of having a sense of community like these relationships really can make a big difference and um, be really clutch when you're dealing with mental health. Absolutely. And, you know, it, you know, there's so much research on relationships and mental health and things like that. And it, you know, the nature versus nurture idea, you know, as parents, you know, how are you portraying emotions and feelings and mental health onto your kids? And how did you learn it from your parents? You know, all there's all that, all the noise, right? All these things, there's the good, the bad, somebody, an expert says this, an expert says that. Um, and you just got, but you have to know how your clock ticks at the end of the day. Um, and for relationships, um, the biggest one is obviously like the five love languages, right? Are you talking about that for significant others? And that's really important. And I mean, I know you have, you know, you've got a wife and stuff. You would understand, you know, what the five love languages are and how yeah. important those are. But channeling those two to the relationships that's not a significant other. It's not a love interest. Um, you know, I, it's important to know. Yeah, I don't need to have like full on conversations, you know, with somebody that I see at the gym. Like, what's your love language <laughs> per se. Um, but I need to know how they tick and to, to care about them and show that I care. Um, because if for them, like say, even it, you know, it is important to know a little bit of that love language idea. Cause maybe it's just, it's acts of service. It's important to them. And so just saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this for you. Oh, Hey, can I wash your car? This week? Okay. Can I take you to lunch? You know, things like that. Or if it's gifts, you know, maybe that's something that they're focused on or words of affirmation, things like that. And, they just sometimes somebody just needs to know, hey, you're doing a good job today. Even if they don't believe it themselves, they it's so good to hear. And knowing that in knowing that everyone is human, we make mistakes or struggle. Everyone's struggling. If someone tells you they're not struggling with something, that life is great and perfect and everything like that, they're probably lying. And they just mm -hmm. and they need to figure, you know, they need to realize that they're human somewhere. And Knowing that your friends are hurting, looking for those signs is important, I think. And, you know, being able to confidently talk to them with respect and love and say, hey, you know what? I understand you're something's going on. I can see something's going on. Let's have a talk. Like, let's let's stop lifting weights for a minute. Let's stop, you know, let's stop having lunch or, you know, whatever. Or, hey, let's go to lunch. You know, that's a big one. I, I like going to lunch with people. Um, I know that my dad has done that, you know, my entire life. And that's what he does. Uh, that's kind of his way of expressing mental health and just going to talk to people. Um, yeah. And just go out to lunch, you know. And, yeah, lunch can get expensive and things like that. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be, you know, a Ritz-Carlton dinner. Um, mm -hmm. it could be McDonald's at the park. It doesn't have to be great. All it is, is at the end of the day, it's you and that person and you're talking yeah. to somebody that you care about. Um, I think that's important for any relationship. Um, and Absolutely. realizing that people know that there's somebody there that cares for you. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of trashing my head earlier. I was like, how do, how do I answer this question? But like, how do you kind of create these safe spaces for people to talk? And I think inviting them out to lunch is like just one kind of example how you can kind of foster or kind of create a safe space for somebody to really open up where it's kind of like in the moment, you know, when you're passing by and you're walking to somebody, it's like, Hey, how's it going? It's like, uh, it's not really the time or the place to kind of talk into things, but uh, really extending out invites for coffee or tea or, or like a, you know, even just a fast food in the park or something like that. Just mm -hmm. really inexpensive, just opportunity to create a safe space for people to talk about. Absolutely. You know, and it's just, at the end of the day, it's like you said, creating what is that safe place to that person? Um, and it's getting away from that noise, getting away. You know, we have to distract ourselves from social media. Social media, as great as it is to, you know, talk to people that you don't see and you graduate high school with and keeping track of people's families and pictures and travels and whatever. It's also the worst thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, we see so many things we don't like and things that upset us and things that bring us down. Or you're like, if you're struggling, especially for me, you know. I, you know, I've always kind of struggled with being alone. Um, for me, that was mm -hmm. been, that's been huge. And, you know, only having like, say two, you know, two significant relationships, you know, romantic relationships, I should say, uh, in my life and none for years, I've been single for a long time and I struggled with that. To me, that's been a mm -hmm. huge struggle. But at the end of the day, I know that even if that's the plan, if that's for me to, you know, people say, Oh no, you're going to have this, you're going to have family. Nah, and then it might not be the plan. Um, 
And that's okay. I have to be okay with it not being the plan. And But it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. doesn't mean I did anything wrong. I need to celebrate who I am and what I'm great at. And if for me, being an uncle to my sister's kids one day, uh, or being just the best dang friend I could be at all times, and just, that's it. That's, you know, and I will take that honor and I will run with it. And I think people just sometimes get caught up on, you know, what life, that white picket fence, the married and two kids and all these things, we get so caught up in that. And if it doesn't, if that doesn't go well, then you get, you're like, you're doing something wrong or you're a bad person. Well, that's not the case. Sometimes, you know, you just have to understand where you're at and take what you're good at and be great at it. Yeah. I think that's good advice right there. Just kind of focusing on what you do have and kind of being grateful for some of the gifts that you already have built in. Um, and yeah, I mean, everybody's on their own path. Like I've, I've done that whole FOMO thing where I was like, where I, when I was like 25 and I was like, well, all my friends just graduated and they're already settling down and having kids. And it's just like, I'm not on that path. And I don't know. I'm like, well, they might not, not to be mean or crack jokes, but it's like, well, they might be divorced in like five years and like, I'll, I'll still be single. It's like, it's, I don't know. So. Right. Um, just say that you know, I, I love kids and I, you know, I, I, I love the photos of seeing people with kids and, you know, I know one day I want my own kids, but like right now yeah. I'm like, how, how? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes I just need to take care of myself. <laughs> I like to get mm-hmm. my sleep. I don't know how people with kids like go to work and work 12 hours or longer. I'm like, how, how do you get, how did you function on three hours of sleep today and yeah. having to pick your kids up from school? I'm like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause I know I'd yeah, be, no. I'd be a grouch. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how people are getting it done right now. I know in, in our kind of uh, field of, of work, we see people working the overnight shifts, and then during the daytime, like while we're sleeping, they're they're parenting and things like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, I don't know how they get that that kind of stuff done. So, um, I guess my final question for you, Jeremy, is like, how can how can we as a society, how can we kind of break down the stigma surrounding mental health um, and and men and men specifically? Yeah, like I, I, I guess I guess uh, kind of how is there. A stigma. I mean, do you think there is a stigma or like a related to mental health in men? And if, if there is one, how do you think we can break that down? I mean, I, I think I think in general, mental health, there's a stigma to mental health. Mm-hmm. It's May. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, yeah. That's huge. And just talking about it for one month where there's giant pushes for it in one month of the year. And then it doesn't and then it goes under the bridge, you know, for the other 11 months. Um, it's tough. You know, mental health is a tough topic to talk about because mm-hmm. it really entwines everything we do in life. Um, you know, from something small as, you know, did you, how'd you make this decision? What was your rational behind that? You know, what was your nature versus nurture and, you know, things like that to mental health and all the way through, you know, like psychology and the DSM and, Things like who is this person and how are they reacting with others? You know, you go to people that are learning emotions as a kid, you know, just learning kind of like happy and sad and angry and those kind of things to somebody who has zero emotion. You know, you go to like the opposite end of the spectrum from psychology and that's, you know, psychopathy and so and sociopaths and things like that that don't have any empathy, things like that. And so it is tough. I feel like we we say mental health is important. But we don't talk about mental health as being important. We don't really oftentimes put our money where our mouth is. Uh, we say something, we say big words, but we don't We do not do big words. We don't do big actions to follow up those big words. Um, and for men too, I think that's been a long time of realizing that you have to be the strongest person. You know, men, you've often seen as the breadwinner or the leader of the family, and you have to be strong when everyone else is struggling, And but no one is strong for you. Um, and that's hard. And I know that obviously 2023 has changed. We're challenged, you know, every day is a, a different challenge to the idea of family, to the idea of persons, things like that. And mental health is huge on that, you know, and people are telling you what, you know, or what you're allowed to do and what you're allowed to see and believe and this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's, it's hard to show compassion for people when there's hate in the world. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that I think is realize that we're human. No, at the, you know, as in, and I know I'm not great in this. I'm not perfect by any means. Um, there's things that I see that people do or lead lifestyle choices that I don't agree with. Um, that's true. Um, but it doesn't mean that we can't care about them. Um, you know, do you be happy in your life, you know, be happy, find your happiness. Um, 
but you have, you know, I don't know how I want to word that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but knowing that at the end of the day, if you're not okay, it's okay to, again, not be okay, but finding somebody to talk to you. And, you know, when you're ready to talk and have that conversation, be open and be willing to set aside the fear. I think part of it too is fear. It's huge. Like, you know, it's hard to open up about your feelings. Um, you're embarrassed. You don't want to be, you don't want to show mistakes to your friends or your family, you know, that doesn't know what that's, you know, those dark things that you're thinking, you know, no one wants to talk about that. Um, yeah. Especially when you're feeling that bad, when like depression kicks in, that's huge. People don't mm-hmm. like to talk about depression. Depression leads to, you know, you know, not doing things and not being active. And that's like kind of the base level and not being engaged. But when it comes to suicide, you know, and suicide prevention, so that's huge. And then people are like, oh, I wish I'd known. But they didn't say anything. We weren't looking. And that is tough, too. It's just it's I think mental health is so big. And I just I wish more people just took time and effort instead of like talking about the, oh, how important it is and never doing anything and never caring. Because if you say, if you talk a lot and say, do this, 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 but then you never do it, you don't show compassion for those that are hurting or they're going through yeah. stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't do any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just having an opportunity to spark those conversations, be ready for those conversations and in the back of your mind, just kind of always looking out for those types of conversations. I think that'll make a, a big difference. Absolutely. And creating that safe place, you know, as there's, everyone needs a safe place and a safe atmosphere to have a a way to channel what's going on, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're struggling with, you know, relationships, friendships, you know, body, the way your body is, the way you feel in the world, the fit in the world, or whatever the case may be, you know, just at the end of the day, hopefully knowing that somebody out there cares about you cares about what you're saying and what you're doing Mm -hmm. and that your life matters at the end of the day if we all just realize that everybody's life mattered um we would get a lot further and that to me that is i feel like the world would be so much better off if we just realized that every life matters Something it's as small as like, hey, if I just use my turn signal more often when I'm driving and I communicate to people on the road which way I'm going, at the end of the day, I'm getting home safe. They're getting home safe because I made a point to show, you know, to go through traffic. That's something small. Um, But sometimes people don't know, you know, they're struggling. You you have like law enforcement, you know, for say, Mm -hmm. obviously you see a a thin blue line flag back there, but Mm -hmm. they, they see the worst in people and they need to know that it's okay. Um, nurses, first responders, teachers dealing with kids coming from broken homes, um, you know, people that are, you know, we, that we deal with and work in a, you know, in manufacturing production, you know, sometimes they're coming off of no sleep, dealing with kids and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, everyone is struggling somewhere and to know that they matter at the end of the day, they are important and they matter, even if their choices don't line up with my own. And I don't necessarily agree with it, but they matter. I think that's important. If we all just live that way a little bit more, um, life would be better. Yeah. I think that's just great sage advice to kind of wrap up today's episode with. Um, thank you so much, Jeremy. Where, where, where can we kind of find you? Do you have anything to plug? Where can we kind of catch you on your next competition and, and root you on? Uh, so my Instagram is probably the... Uh, the best one, obviously, I'm on, you know, I'm on Facebook too. Uh, I've got a TikTok, but you don't really need to follow that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I think there's like four videos on there. Occasionally I post things on there, uh, but I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is the best one. I mean, again, if this, you know, if whatever I said today, if something struck a nerve um, and it didn't sit well over, you just like, hey, I want to know for more information or, hey, I just want to talk. You know, I don't know. I don't really care if I've never met you, you know, I want to, and if I may never meet you, I'm always open to just hearing somebody's story and kind of going through it. Um, so Instagram is the beast burns seven, seven, five. No, that's not right. That's not right. That's my old one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I you think I would know this, cause, um, but I don't, I don't really pay attention as much. Uh, oh, it's of course. Jeremy Strong seven seven five, all nice. one word. Uh, Jeremy Strong seven seven five is my Instagram. 
uh, absolutely send me a message, um, tag me, whatever. Um, it's, I definitely post videos on there. I've got a frame carry from last week's training uh, on there. I've got some stuff from the Citizens Police Academy that I've been attending. Uh, huge uh, on there. Um, and, you know, keep it positive, keep it healthy. And, uh, you know, reach out if you've got questions. Yeah. Ask him about his beard. <laughs> Ask me about my beard. That's right. Uh, my beard care regimen is a lot. <laughs> I probably do more for my beard than most people do for their regular hair. <laughs> yeah. For those who are listening in the car, maybe you don't have a video right now. He's got a massive beard on him, folks. So, <laughs> And uh, we're getting ready. You know, got to keep the beard because Santa, Santa comes in December. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. And looking forward to hearing about your travels to South America. Uh, thanks, John. I mean, I sure appreciate you reaching out and uh, I'm glad I could be on the podcast today. I'm glad we made a good work before my trip. Um, definitely yeah. have lots of photos and stuff to share with you when I come back. Uh, always a pleasure to see you, uh, you know, when I get to see you at work and things like that. And then just to chat and, you know, see where you're at and see your own workout videos. I, I you know, you were going through quite a bit of stuff the other day. I was watching one of your videos and <laughs> it's just a pleasure. And uh, thank you for having this podcast. Thanks for having me on. And uh, just to show it, showing the importance of mental health and being a man and that's okay to not be okay, but it's yeah. better to, you know, we want to show the love. So I appreciate you for showing the love today and letting me be on. Thanks brother. We'll have to have you come back on again sometime soon, man. Thank yeah, again. absolutely. I look forward to it. Alrighty. Thank you guys so much for listening. And this will conclude another episode of the lifting with bipolar podcast. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Have a good one. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Lifting with Bipolar. Stay connected with me directly through jonathancharco.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at jonathancharco. As always, thank you for pushing your mindset and heart towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please leave a review of the podcast as well as subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, Be kind to yourself and each other.